Good morning, MLW fans. It is Sunday. It is the day after Battle Riot officially aired on television, not the day after that it, you know, was July 10th. No, no, this is officially after it aired. And Uncle Bobby B and I got to sit down yesterday and watch it and soak it in and love it. And it was everything we wanted and more. Now, mind you, we did an episode right after it aired. And, um, or no, sorry, not after it aired, right after it was recorded. We'd already spoiled everything. We knew what, what had happened, but now we got to see the meat and potatoes of the Battle Riot match, which is always fun. Battle Riot, for any new wrestling fans coming to the fold, Battle Riot is pretty much like a Royal Rumble style match, but with a couple of different twists. You don't have to just eliminate your opponent by throwing them over the top. You could pin them, you could submit them, and weapons are completely 100% legal. And as I mentioned weapons, let me introduce the talking weapon, Uncle Bobby B. What's going on, baby? Oh, I like I like that. What's up? Uh, great, great to be back with the MLW Rewind. We both had a real long day yesterday, um, but we certainly made time, uh, you know, respectively to watch Battle Ride. I've been waiting for this since I heard it drop. It did not disappoint. Scrolling through some of the YouTube comments as it was happening, just everybody's going, this is like a Royal Rumble, but better. This is like a Royal Rumble on steroids. It was really fucking good. And I am uh, I'm real, real excited to see the next season of MLW because this just sets up a bunch of cool shit. Well, this it is was fantastic. Yeah, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of everything from entrance one to entrance 40. We'll give our ideas and it. thoughts on how they mismatched a couple of things and already built some budding storylines. And it was great to see a couple of early type feels for what a dream match could look like in the MLW roster. And we got a little taste of everything, but the show kicked off with the one and only El Jefe Cesar Duran. He came out and I love this. He came out. The promo was great. It was, you know, Caesar at his best. It, it was very reminiscent of Lucha Underground. If you ever watched Lucha Underground, you know who Caesar is, you know what he did there and how much fun it was. Um, what I loved about this match, what I loved about this promo though, is that he made it official that apparently he brokered a deal with Corb Bauer. He is now officially, the MLW matchmaker. And at that point, he got an interruption. And Justice strolled out. Uh, Jordan Oliver, Myron Reed looking good, looking strong. And uh, the best part was when Oliver went up to him, he's like, what's going on, El Jefe? El Jefe? <laughs> and I was like, Jordan Oliver, that's hilarious. And then Myron Reed walked over. And Caesar, being very disrespectful, just snatched the mic from Myron Reed's head and said, who the fuck are you? And there was no bleep yeah. on the fuck. There was no bleep. You heard it crystal nope. fucking clear. So, it was bleepless. Absolutely. And Justice came out, and they they pretty much said what they wanted. You're the matchmaker. Here's what we want. We want Los Parks. We want a shot at the MLW tag titles. But just at that point, as we had already brokered in our last episode, we already kind of – the internet already broke the news the night of July 10th. Um, LAX is back. New, stylish, but back. You had Conan stroll out. With Radioactive Poppy, Danny Limelight, or Rivera, as he likes to be called in MLW, and Slice Boogie. And also Julius uh, Julius Smokes or Smalls? What was his, what's the other guy's name? Smokes. Smokes? I think it was. I'm not sure. But anyways, those three guys came out with Conan, and Conan said, no, 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 no. You know, like, fucking justice. LAX deserves a shot at the tag titles. So as we had discussed during all the drafts that had happened, we were concerned because the tag team division in MLW is rather thin. And it's not a bad thing. It's just thin. There's really only three teams, four 
at max going at the tag titles frequently. Contra, the Von Ericks, Injustice, Los Parks. Those are pretty much your standard four teams that are going back and forth. We needed another layer. We needed to add a couple more teams that have potential to, you know, stonewall and become the mountaintop of this division. And adding the newly formed returning LAX with fresh faces was a very smart idea. And I love Limelight and Slice Boogie. Now, Slice Boogie has officially signed with MLW, but Danny Limelight has not, or at least we have not seen any news on that officially. If that's changed or by this point that has changed, let us know in the comments below. And don't forget to subscribe while you're at it. Well, Rob, what are your Mr. thoughts? Mr. Boy, just ask him. Yeah, that's true. I could reach out to him. But he's not going to tell me. He's not going to tell me because he, I, he's not that type of guy. He's not going to let me spoil the news for him. If he wants right. to announce it, he's going to announce it. So if Danny Limelight does sign, it's absolutely fantastic. Slice Boogie has, and that's great. I love the fact that Slice Boogie's there. Uh, Slice Boogie was a pick of mine in our draft. We did our mock draft, and he was one of my picks. And there was. For a while there, I was a little bit upset because I was like, you know what, man? Rob's the only one who's got a pick in there right now. Like, this is fucking horseshit. But thankfully, Slice Boogie tied it up. And I'm happy about that. So congratulations to Slice Boogie, LAX. Conan looks great. For somebody who died, he looks fantastic. He really, really does. Oh, man, his hernia is brutal, though. Poor guy. It is. But you know what? He still looks... What I love about Conan... Oh, for... Yeah, all things considered, he looks pretty damn good. Fucking right, man. Fucking right. So Like, for a dude who's wrestled. Yeah. yeah, That was was kind of the, uh, you know... The standard, you know, and then all of a sudden we get injustice, LAX, a little stare down, a little smack talk, a little boom, 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 boom. And then everybody just clears out of the ring. We go to our announcers. It was great to see St. Laurent back. Always love seeing St. Laurent. He looks like somebody that just rolled out of bed, put on his sunglasses, rubbed a little whiskey on his teeth and went to work. I love St. Laurent and what he brings to the table. I love the color commentary that he brings. And uh, also uh, we get to see the interview princess looking very fantastic as she always does. She's back there with the uh, lottery I don't know what they call that thing. Lottery spindle, lottery shaker, whatever you want to call it. What is that thing called? What's the terminology for that thing, Rob? Uh, a drum. Is it a, it's a drum. drum? Is it? Is it just Turn a drum? the drum. Yeah. I thought it was like a spinner. It's okay, called a whatever. drum. So, okay, it's a drum. Fine. It's a, a drum. Spinner? Spinner, yeah. You know, you spin, it's a you drum, it. son. All right, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> so, she's there, and she's there with uh, uh, EJ. EJ is uh, going to pick his spot in the uh, Battle Riot. He gets a good number. Just as we're about to find out, I guess, what he had to say, Contra. Contra interrupts, as they always do, um, laying down the law, saying what they're going to do tonight. They're going to handle things and take care of things. And uh, as we get later on in the conversation, that was the one promo that Joseph Samael put out there that did not come to fruition, or as he stated. He usually tries to prophesy pretty good, but this promo, it didn't do that. It did not do that. And then, of course, we get Tom Lawler, Kevin Koo. Kevin Koo picks out his number. He's happy. He's very excited about his number. It's a decent number. You know, he's probably in the mid-20s somewhere at that point. We don't know where he is yet. And then Filthy Tom picks his number, and he is pissed. He is. Yeah, it was not a good number. Yeah, he's pissed about his number. He was pissed about it. But, hey, it is what it is. And uh, we also get an announcement of Fusion Alpha. I guess a new show or a new segment that's going to take place, which is pretty fucking cool. I can't wait to see what they awesome. do with that. Because that just gives more layers and more eyes on the product. I mean, if you think about it, you know, WWE has three shows. AEW has three going on to four. Uh, There's nothing wrong with companies having a couple more layers to showcase. I'm not sure what Fusion Alpha is going to be or how how the exact concept is going to work yet, but it's great. It, it, it's exciting for MLW fans that we get a little bit more taste because we've, we've complained about it on the show repeatedly that one hour is just not enough. 
And I wouldn't say complain. I, I like a one hour show because it's really easy to sit there, watch an hour show. Boom, you're done. But a second show now with the new faces that have come in, uh, it's going to give you more airtime to build segments, to have a couple more matches, to develop some more promos and characters and feuds and all that stuff. So uh, especially with the women's division coming in as well, they, they need that extra time. They need that extra time. So looking forward to seeing what MLW is going to do. They, they never fail to disappoint. So it should be great. Absolutely. And uh, should we just get into battle? Sorry, they, I, I said they never fail to disappoint. They never fail to. Uh, what's, the word, what's the word I'm looking for? It's early, George. I can't think drum, right now. Drum? Spindle. Spindle? They, never, drum? they never disappoint. I'll just say it that way. MLW yeah. never disappoints. They always deliver on the goods. Thank you. They never fail to deliver. Yeah, there we go. There you go. All right, there you go. So uh, here we go. This is a breakdown of entrance one through 40. Now, we're not going to tear pipe the whole match. Uh, if you guys want to watch it, it was a great 90 minutes. So go watch it. It's available for free on the MLW yeah. YouTube page. Go watch it. It's or amazing. You can, if you have Bell, uh, Bell on Air TV, you can also watch it on there as well. I'm sure they're running reruns throughout the day. And, of course, if you live in the States, you have Vice TV, so it's definitely on there as well. So, anyways, long story short, number one, we already knew Davey Richards. He comes out looking great. The American Wolf looking strong, looking focused, looking ready to do the task at hand. He's got to go through 39 other men, and it's not going to be easy. It is definitely not going to be easy. Number two. The man who was pissed off earlier in the evening, Tom Lawler. And he comes out in all jeans and then strips down his jean shorts to be in jean-looking tights, which is, again, fucking hilarious just because it's filthy Tom and it's what he does best. Exactly. What I loved about these two is that they had that feeling out process. But you know what I loved about this, too, is that it it is a battle. It is a Royal Rumble-style match. But every 60 seconds, an entry comes in. And let me tell you, this ring filled up quick it was almost like somebody came Real in quick. and then bam the next person was coming in and number three was tjp and i love the little sequence that we had here between these three there was submissions upon submissions upon submissions and that's what's great about this style of match there's actually a ref in the ring the entire time and if somebody taps out they're gone it's not like raw rumble when somebody puts somebody in a great submission and there's nobody to to say okay he's out he tapped out it just goes on and on and on whereas this one it, it was seamless man Every 60 seconds, a new face came in. And let me tell you, at one point, that ring filled up very, very quick. It was extremely full. It was. It was crazy, but it was good. I liked it. There was a lot to watch and a lot to pay attention, but it wasn't like Royal Rumble matches that we have seen at other places done where somebody comes in and runs a table. They clear out the ring when it gets to like six or seven people, and then they're just kind of sitting there waiting. And they take they take one-on-one as they go. This didn't give that opportunity to do that because the ring filled up so quickly and a lot of different styles fresh faces and number four rob's pick lee moriarty makes his mlw debut he comes in and it was great he definitely kicked up the energy when um the first three entrants were just kind of submissions and feeling each other out and doing a couple of big energy when lee came out oh yeah it it, it shot up to another level and then right after that we get kip osborne aka lance von eric rip von eric whatever the fuck you want to call him he's not a von eric but he thinks that he is he's big number five and that adds another layer to it for sure. King Mo coming out looking strong, number six. And then number seven, my favorite, should be everybody's favorite. One of my favorites in MLW anyways, Calvin Tankman. And when he came Tankman. out, it went, it went from that high-flying energy with all these small guys in there to just heavyweight hustle. And he, he changed the dynamic. Yes. As yes, soon as he did. came in, the energy in that match, the energy in that ring, I should say, shifted. 
and Calvin just changed the dynamic. And uh, yeah, that was pretty lit when he came out and I was, uh, I was pretty excited. And after Calvin Tankman, Aries, give her Aries comes out and then Gringo local comes out and then the aerial artist, then she comes out. So, so check this out. You have a couple great cruiserweights in the start. You have Davey Richards, you have Tom Lawler heavyweights mixing up. You have heavyweight hustle, stream heavyweight. And then now all of a sudden we get into that luchador style. You add back-to-back Aries, Gringo, Loco, and Zensi, 8, 9, and 10. And that literally takes it to another level. And what I loved about the way this match was designed is when somebody came out, everybody had a chance for that 10, 15 seconds to do a killer spot. They had, a, they had their own spotlight on them to highlight what they yep. can do. Even if it didn't give you enough, it gave you a little taste as a fan to say, okay, I like this guy. I want to see more. Or I like this guy. I want to see more. And that's what I loved about the way this match was designed because whenever somebody came in, they all had their little spotlighted spots, which made it so much more fun and interesting for fans. What are your thoughts on that? And Well, as soon as Erez, Gringo Locos, then she came in, again, the dynamic of the match shifted. And then you started seeing all these really smooth lucha spots and just great little sequences fantastic crisp timing these are guys that are at the top of their game and their respective art okay and watching them all in there doing their thing working together was just brilliant um just in- incredible spots i i, I love that at that point in the match i was like i was just like glued to it i was like holy shit and and full disclosure i was at my friend's house in his backyard they were all watching GCW on the main screen. I had my iPad open watching Battle Riot because I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, that's good, but this is better right now. Like, I it, it, I was so invested in this match, I could not tear my eyes away. Even with, you know, somebody getting destroyed with light tubes in in, in the big screen, I'm like, nope, sorry, iPad. Like, this is what I'm. This is you guys. I'm, I'm like, you guys are missing out right now. But what a great Anyways. time to be alive, though, right? Think about it. You had, it so is. You had GCW on a big screen, and you yourself had your iPad, your laptop, whatever. Think about 25 years ago. If you were a WWE fan and you wanted to watch a WCW pay-per-view that might be airing on the same Sunday, you couldn't. You'd have to Well, watch. I did. Well, okay. Whatever. I yeah, had the but- illegal box. <laughs> so did I. But what I'm saying is, is that a lot of people in their houses, they only had one TV or one screen. So it would have been, you would have had to catch it on a replay after or catch it on a replay the next day. But the fact is is that now channels like that picture and picture. I couldn't do that. No way. No, not picture and picture. You would just, if if one match wasn't, you weren't feeling it. That's what I used to do with raw nitro. Just I'd flip back and forth, whatever was catching my interest at the time. Yeah. I used to watch the, uh, they used to have the uh, nitro on Sundays for like the, I don't know. It was like an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. They used to cut it down and just make it a little bit more seamless. I used to catch that on Sundays. And I always, I always tune in for the full two hours of Raw uh, every Monday. I never oh no, I was, I was the w, I was the WCW Mark. I was all about that shit. Um, Fair enough. Well, because I, mean, I, so, I, I, I had the illegal cable box. Yeah. I got, I got TBS right, so I was able to watch everything. Okay. I, all the pay per views I got for free because again the box. So I, every WWF, WCW pay per view. The first one I remember watching for free was In Your House, the first one. Ah, um, and from then till like 2001, I got every pay per view for free. 
Absolutely. Anyways, back to the back, task back at to hand. The, back to the task at hand. We had Aramis come in at 11. Alex Kane, suplex assassin, making his debut. He Big shout out to Alex Kane. Yeah, man. And it was great. And at one point in the match, I'm not sure exactly where it happened because I didn't like timestamp it. But at one point in the match, we saw, and I actually had him on my, my other show, Straight Talk Wrestling. That match is going to be dropping, or that conversation is going to be dropping very soon. But at one point, we saw Alex Kane, Calvin Tankman. Eye to eye, and that air down. Very intriguing. Very. But what I loved about the suplex assassin, and correct me if I'm wrong, when he came out, he just didn't German everybody like a Brock Lesnar. He did every different kind of suplex he possibly could pull out of his arsenal. Explode. He's the man German. of a thousand and one suplexes. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that was great. When you when you call yourself the suplex assassin, I mean, you know, suplex city, right? We think when we think suplexes, we think Brock Lesnar, but it's only Germans. It's only Germans. It's not really. Well, yeah. Well, yes, you're absolutely right. He was doing like, a, I think he did like a teardrop. He did, he did a belly he did to a belly. Bunch he did exploders. He did. Yeah. He pulled out every kind of suplex that there is under the sun that I know of anyways. There might be some I don't. But suplexes? Suplexes? Is that the correct way to say it? Or is it like octopuses where you have to be like octopi? Would it be like supply? I don't know. I just, I say he pulled out a bunch of different suplexes. I don't know. Okay. Suplexes. Sure. Yeah, su- supply. He, did, he pulled out. Every different flavor. He did multiple supply. Yeah, there you go. He pulled out every different flavor that he could. <laughs> and that was great because, and he was throwing guys around like ragdolls. And at one point. Oh, he's the motherfucking Baskin Robbins of suplexes, man. At like, one point, I'll give him credit, man. He got Calvin Tankman up and I was like, holy shit. I did not, I did not be like, Alex Kane is no joke. He's got a lot of strength. And he's got a very bright future in MLW. To run through it quickly, time. we had Myron Reed at 13. The young goat came out again. The dynamic changed. He came out with a ball of energy. Uh, Savio Vega, 14, coming out back from the dead. Apparently back from the buried, dead. Apparently he was buried in the jungle. Kayfabe was broken so, down for sure. <laughs> there was a few times where I managed to get everybody for, to stop watching GCW and focus on MLW. This was one of those times. I go, holy shit, Savio Vega. And everyone goes, what? And he comes in, clears the fucking ring with the kendo stick. Big pop from us there. That was cool to see. Uh, what were your thoughts? I loved it. I mean, you know what? Savio Vega knows his age, knows his limitations. So coming out with a weapon, and especially in a match where weapons are legal, that made logical sense. And hitting everybody with the kendo stick was very reminiscent, very reminiscent of a, uh, a Sandman in his early days, you know, just clearing the ring with uh, the kendo stick. It was great to see. Uh, and Savio, Savio looks great for his age. He looks great. He can still go. He is a fixture, an OG in M- MLW. He's an OG in wrestling, period. But he's an MLW, you know, one of the MLW originals for sure. And he's been there through and through. And uh, obviously you can tell that him and Court Bauer have a great relationship because whenever he's needed, he comes back. And it's not like he's needed to, you know, drive up the ratings because they have so much great talent on their own. But he comes back, has his spot, gets a little sunlight, gets a little spotlight and has some fun. And it was great. But you know what's interesting? Uh, number 15 was Jordan Oliver. So now both members of Injustice are in there. But what's interesting is at this point, 15 men in that ring, nobody's been eliminated. Nobody's gone. Nobody's been eliminated. So you can imagine now, MLW Rewind fans, uh, this ring is full, okay? It's full, but it's going to get a lot fuller because we have more entrants coming in. So we have the Beast Man at number 16. Uh, I guess new indie guy. I don't know much about him, but it was an interesting concept. He looked good. Um, Took a couple bumps, gave a couple shots, had some fun. And then we had LAX come in. Two guys from LAX coming in right back-to-back, 17 and 18. So you had Limelight at 17, Slice Boogie at 18. But what was gold about this is they came out with a Target shopping cart full of weapons. 
and I was fucking dying. That was, I was a, like, that, that was... is genius, man. Genius. Yeah. And those weapons it came into great. place. Slice Boogie threw somebody right into that plywood. It was gorgeous. It was great to see. And like I said, Slice Boogie and Limelight looking strong. And I also like this moment where um, Slice Boogie and Savio Vega kind of had a moment because they're both from Puerto Rico. And then Slice Boogie screws over Savio, but then Slice Boogie also laid on top of Savio to get pinned. So there was your first elimination. And that was right after number 19, Matt Cross came in. So still at this point, 18 guys in the ring and only one elimination. But now the eliminations would come fast and furious. So fast, I couldn't even keep up with them. Number 20. It was wild. It was crazy. Number 20, we have Buku Dao. Who cares? Uh, number 21, Marshall Von Erich. Number 22, uh, L. El Endurance or uh, Ellen, I couldn't, I couldn't remember who that exactly, what the name of that person I was. Didn't have that in my notes either. Right, but number twenty three, Kimchi, Kimchi showed okay. up. <laughs> the the second time I got everybody to turn away from GCW. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's Kimchi. Everyone, what? Holy shit, that's actually well, not probably wasn't the same Kimchi, but it was Kimchi. Of course, you know what was, I mean? It was Kimchi. Ask whoever was behind the mask. Doesn't matter. It was Kamala's is, handler. Absolutely, Kimchi, and he looked great. He had a couple. He had a couple of funny spots, which was great. Number twenty-four, outlandish Zicky Dice showing up in MLW. That was really that. fucking cool to see Zicky Dice pop up, man. Yeah, man, he looks healthy. He looks strong. He looks ready. And uh, you know what? That's a guy that in our in hindsight in our draft. Uh, I never had him on the table. Yeah, really I don't know good. why. Why we slept on, on Zicky Dice on that. Not saying that he's officially assigned to MLW, but great to see him. And there was also a couple spots in the match that he had that was a great run. Uh, right after him, Kevin Koo. So we find out that Kevin Koo's number was 25. Uh, number 26, Casey Navarro. Um, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to speak on that. I'm not, I'm not saying okay, that. Okay, so not number 26. Hating, I'm not hating on Casey Navarro. I just... I'm not a fan. I'm not sold. Uh, first time I saw Casey Navarro was in a tag match with Danny Limelight in AW Dark. Limelight impressed. Casey Navarro did not. Um, I guess I need more to see. We also know that a couple days before, you know, Battle Riot aired, it was officially announced that Casey Navarro has signed. Uh, intriguing to see what he can do. Uh, not going to lie. One match that does intrigue me, obviously, is we have to because he's the champ. You got to think Myron Reed. And Casey Navarro for the middleweight championship at some point down the line. Uh, it is intriguing, yeah. but I'm not all in on Casey Navarro. I need to see more, but he did have a decent showing. I think he lasted in the match. I want to say between 15 to 20 minutes. He was in there for a decent yeah. amount of time. He was in there for a little while. Yeah. And then number 27, Lance Anoyi or Nai. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. So my apologies on that. And then number 28, LA Park. No. Tom the Lawler. chairman. Tom that was great. So can I just say, Tom Lawler did a great L.A. Park. He's coming in with the chair. I'm like, I'm, and again, I'm like, hey, guys, LA, they knew L.A. Park wrestled them with it. But I'm like, hey, guys, L.A. Park, right? Because we all remember watching La Parca. And uh, yeah, and then it's Tom Lawler. And they're, they're like, that's not L.A. Park. I'm like, nope, that is not L.A. Park. That is that's Tom Lawler. Sneaky yeah. bastard. That <laughs> was a filthy move. Tries to pull one, but it was funny because as soon as he got in, he immediately was out. Like, it wasn't long. I think it was about 20 seconds and he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's too bad because he did win Battle Riot, uh, Battle Riot 2. Or, no, I think he won the first Battle Riot. So, it was uh, it was sad to see uh, Tom Lawler not make, uh, make a, a deeper run into it. But for obvious reasons, yeah, he was not going to win this one anyways. And then this is where things get interesting. 
Number 29, Simon Gotch. Number 30, Davari. So now at this point. Contra, contra, contra. 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 Exactly. Uh, number 31, an ECW OG, the Blue Meanie shows up. Look at great. I got to say the Blue Meanie looked great. He, he did. He has aged very, very well. It looked exactly like it did back in the ECW days, man. Back in ECW. Yeah, he was. I mean, Blue Meanie was uh, never like the epitome of physical fitness. OK, Blue Meanie was Blue Meanie. But he came in and he was he did Blue Meanie stuff. And that was enjoyable to see. I don't care what he what he physically looks like. Is he the same character he used to be? Yes, he that's what like was fun did, about watching like it. He did the same, just a little bit of a bigger guy. He didn't look bad. Shirt. He's doing the dance. He pretty, yeah, he pretty much looked the same. And hey, if I look the same twenty years from now, amazing. Absolutely. So shout out to Blue Meanie, man. It was great to see him back at ECW. Well Radio. done, my friend. Absolutely. And then uh, number thirty-two, another contra member, Ikuro Kwan, returning, which was great to see him back, and he looked great. I know he had an injury, but he looks great, and that adds another layer to contra. Because now we have another person to play. And I think, I personally think him and Davari is a better team than Davari and Gotch. I think him and Davari mesh better. And I hope that Joseph Samael switches it up and maybe gives them a shot because I think they could actually take the tag titles from LA Park given the opportunity. Speaking of Joseph Samael, number 34. So now at this point, in, in short concession, minus the Blue Meanie, we have four Contra members literally almost back to back in that ring. And then wouldn't you know, number 35 is the man we all got to keep our eyes on. It's your boy, Hammer. Number 35. So now he's in the ring. And at this point, eliminations are fast and furious. Like I said, we couldn't, you had to keep your head on a swivel in this match. Because before, if you blinked, three, four guys were gone. At this point, everybody had been eliminated from Myron Reed to uh, everybody. Zicky Dice had been eliminated at this point. So the, the ring was spinning out very quickly. Casey Navarro was hanging on. There were guys, the Von Eriks, or, or sorry, Marshall was hanging on. Um, and then, oh, I, I, I skipped one. Ross Von Erich actually was number 33. Then Joseph Samael was 34. So at this point, the Von Eriks are still in there. Casey Navarro is still in there. But it's all Contra and now Hammer. So we get Hammer. And then 36, we get a couple Sensi Death Squad members, which, I, again, I, I get it. You got to fill spots. But there had to be somebody else that you could have. Yeah, no, but, but it was the idea of Hammer's in there. And Hammer needs to win this match. Like he, of everyone else wants to win this match. Hammer needs to win this match. Right. So right. Adds layers so, to that, that story. Right. So the fact that wall. he had to, he had to overcome all these Contra unit members in order to get the shot at Contra unit member, Jacob Fatu, in order to overcome the gatekeeper clause that Contra member, Joseph Samael, Contra leader, Joseph Samael has. Hammer had no choice but to win this match. So the fact that all those Contra guys were in there means that it was just a bigger hill he had to overcome, and that made it all the more exciting to watch. That's a, that's a really good point at that point. And then we had uh, Kinu the Ninja coming in at number 37. Uh, King Muertes, the newly crowned Caribbean champion, coming in at uh, 38. Yeah, I had to say it. Fuck yeah, right. Uh, King Muertes coming in. He doesn't have that rarefied air. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know. He had that rarefied air. Now he's got that rarefied gold on his shoulder. Uh, Gino Medina, number 39. And then <clears throat> number 40. Who would it be? Who could it be? The Black Hand of Contra. That's right. Max Kruger, 40. So at this point, minus Kino the Ninja, minus King Muertes, minus Gino Medina, minus the Von Eriks. You literally had almost all of Contra, except a couple more Sensi Death Squad members that they could have thrown in if they wanted to. 
and you had Hammer. So at this point, like I said, you take away everybody else and it's Hammer and like seven guys from Contra at this point. But now the eliminations are coming faster. And what I loved about one point is after, at this point, I believe Casey Navarro gets eliminated, Gino Medina gets eliminated. So now it's just Contra. And in the middle, you got Hammer, Ross, and Marshall back-to-back in this triangle in the center of the ring. And at this point, as a wrestling fan, the hairs on the back of your neck are standing out because you're like, holy fuck. Of course. It is going to get real. But before you know it, two minutes, Sensi Death Squad members are gone. Navari is gone. Simon Gotch is gone. The Von Erics are gone. Joseph Samael is gone. Um, Quan is gone. And then boom. Hammerstone, Max Kruger. Now we've been there before. We all remember the disaster that was the Barclay brawl. But this was different. This is for a shot at Jacob Fatou's heavyweight championship. And this was no joke. Kruger and Hammerstone went back and forth. They actually had a great sequence. This was the best I've seen Max Kruger look in a ring. It wasn't a squash match. He looked, he looked good, man. Yeah, I will say, it like, wasn't a cinematic match. It was no muffled promo, so you can hear yeah, me. Not, not to take anything away from Hammer, but but Kruger looked real good. Like he looked like a legit monster. And the way Hammer was selling the everything, full credit to Hammer because he he looked fucking awesome. And I knew. It was going to be something special tonight when I saw the way Hammer looked. I said, hmm, that gear looks very reminiscent of a guy I used to watch growing up as a kid. A guy that told you to eat your vitamins? A guy that told you to say my prayers? prayers. Yeah, and and, and sure enough, that was the, the next time I was able to pry the boys away from GCW was, hey, guys, Hammer is doing Hogan. He did. You thought he was done. Like Kruger hit it on him. He fucking slammed him to the ground. You thought it was done. He pins him. Hammer kicks out at one. Gets right the fuck up. Head shake. Full energy. Comes back. The Hogan comeback. And Hammer ends up vanquishing the evil Mads Kruger and earning his shot at Jacob Vatu's MLW World Heavyweight Championship. And what did you it know? Was, he walked out at that point. None other than Jacob Fatu. And he had to be held back by a few members of Contra. And what's great is that, again, they 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 can let these things slide on YouTube. And it's so fresh and I love it because you don't get to hear it too often. Lately, you've been hearing sprinkles of it. Like, I actually heard somebody call somebody a bitch in WWE. And I was like, that's awesome. Because I haven't heard that in WWE in a long time. But Fatu's like, fuck you. I'm ready. Come fuck it at me. And I'm like, this is great. I This is what I wanted to see. What was, was the funniest part of the night is as Hammer's celebrating and he's giving everybody high fives, some hardcore, hard up fan for Hammer hands him a bottle of baby oil. And he goes in the ring and he pours it all over. And this fan is in the front row and she is, she has she, got a boner she, like you would not believe. Uh, she was like, like she was Woo-hoo! fanning herself. And Hammer, Hammer must pose. Like, in his pants, man. I really did. I thought oh she was going to put that some was... dollar bills in his pants. Whether she was a plant or not, I don't know. I don't care. It was so good. Hammer doing the, lubing himself up, doing the Hogan pose, doing that. It, it was great. What a moment for Alexander Hammerstone. What a moment for MLW. This is, ladies and gentlemen, how you do long-term storytelling. This is a slow burn. This is a buildup. This creates excitement. This creates anticipation. 
This is how you get people invested in your product because now there's no fucking way I'm going to miss what's coming up with Hammer and Fat 2 and everything that's going to happen in between when they actually have their match. If you are not watching MLW, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but if you're not watching it, fucking watch it. If you did not see Battle Riot, go watch it. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Everything you said is spot on. And what's great about, like I said, what's great about Battle Ride is we got to see some potential flavors of what things could look like. And one thing that intrigued me that we didn't get to talk about, there was a spot between King Meritus and Max Kruger. Now, that was an interesting spot. They were going at each other. King Meritus actually almost had Kruger over, but actually Marshall yep. Von Erich and Ross Von Erich stopped that by hitting uh, Kruger. But he almost had King Meritus over. So um, that's not a bad option. I don't think it's a bad option for after now the Hammerstone storyline is done. Hammerstone's focusing on for two. What do you do with the black hand? Well, King Mertis is an excellent opponent for the black hand. And what's great 100%. about that is that now there's gold on the line. It wouldn't be for who's the biggest, baddest guy in the yard. It would be for the Caribbean championship. So that match definitely intrigues me. And why wouldn't Contra now want to go after that? So if they've already kind of sprinkled the idea, planted the seed. It makes logical sense for Joseph Samael to say, okay, I need you to go after that Caribbean championship. We got to get going back on the tag titles. We got to wor wor worry about protecting Jacob Fatu. And, you know, maybe if we want to, because Quan could also fit in very nicely in that middleweight division, and he could potentially be an option for Myron Reed. So there's, there's literally now Contra unit members planted in almost every division, except obviously for the heavyweight division, because that's already firmly in their control. But there's right. planted in every division that has potential matchups written all over it. And you know what? Uh, one thing that intrigues me the most is that for the tag titles, I don't want to see a one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to see one team versus another team. What intrigues me the most, especially in that opening sequence, I would love to see LAX Injustice. Injustice versus Los Parks in a triple threat. Of and course. I, actually, I, of actually, course. I wouldn't mind seeing the Von Erics in there, and I wouldn't mind seeing Team Filthy in there. There's options now. If you think about it, the tag team division – and MLW is very comfortable just by adding one more team. Now we've got about six teams in there, and that's great. That is great for MLW, and that just adds more layers for more competition. We know this women's division is coming, so there's endless potential here. And it's, again, if you're, if you're not watching MLW, we don't know why you would be listening to this, but if you are here for the first time, welcome. If you're a regular, thank you for the support. Um, but the fact is, is that MLW – is not the best kept secret in wrestling anymore. There are a lot of eyes on the product. There's a lot of great value in the product. There's a lot of great excitement in the product. And it's a great time to be a fan at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Listen, I was one of those guys that <clears throat> would bitch about AEW, would bitch about WWE. I would bitch about everybody because I'm a wrestling fan and that's what we do. But I was recently on another podcast, great podcast called turnbuckle tavern. And they kind of checked me. They kind of checked me and said, listen, at the end of the day, wrestling is wrestling. If these guys don't like it, you don't have to watch. And this is a lesson that, yes, I already know. I know this lesson, yeah. but sometimes you have to be retold it to be like, oh yeah, you know what? I forgot about that. And they were right. They correct me. So shout out to Turnbuckle Tavern because they call me on my shit and I appreciated it. And they're great guys. They have knowledge, even OG fake kid. He's got some knowledge a little bit, tiny bit, but so they, oh, um, they're, they really, sorry, they really go continue. They really gave me the, they really re re put that idea in my head. And now I'm just watching wrestling for wrestling. If I don't want to watch someone in AEW, or if I only want to watch one match, that's you don't have to. And that's another shout out to Circle of Debate, Ivan. I can just Google. I can just Google. Ivan. I can just Google or YouTube that match or that star that I want to do, and I can follow their journey. I don't have to exactly why in every hour. Why would you waste your energy 
getting upset about stuff that you don't like, that nobody forces you to watch, when you could direct that energy into promoting the things you do like and the people you do watch. So instead of saying like, oh, I really hated what WWE did, blah, 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 you could be like, hey, I really enjoyed what MLW was doing with Battle Riot. And it's a shift in that in that mentality going from negative to positive. Sure, we can critique things and be like, oh, I don't like what they're doing, whatever. But at the end of the day, I want to focus my energy into the positive things and promote the people I do like. And that way, everybody's in a better spot. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Wrestling is wrestling. Love it or hate it. Love what you love. Don't love what you love. Be a hardcore mark for one company. Be loyal to that one company. That's all. That's all on you. But at the end of the day, best kind of wrestling is the kind you like. Yes, absolutely. There's so many more layers to it. And now there's exciting things happening. Like, I mean, I'm a Switchblade guy. So seeing Jay White and Impact was great. Oh, Uh, oh yeah. I'm also a Switchblade guy. Absolutely. And seeing, uh, seeing what's happening over at wwe like that raw money in the bank was money in the bank was solid and the raw after money in the bank was solid john cena returning it's great to see these guys coming back apparently rumors i don't know if it's true or not yet it's official maybe it's not official cm punk has also signed with AEW. daniel bryan um, okay in. so you i'm want... not sure on that i don't know i'm not uh, creating rumors uh, i just don't know i i, I have a little bit of inside information on that <laughs> oh, <clears throat> talking to the same source as lewis no, 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 no. My source is separate from Lewis, but hold on. I'm just going to pull up something here and I'll, I'll try to quote it. Uh, so a friend of mine, just for fun, wanted to see how you go about licensing music and came across the fact that Tony Khan registered Cult of Personality and The Final Countdown for use in professional wrestling on TV, video games and social media. And that was in February of this year. So... It's apparently out there. It's the information is out there that that music has been licensed. And if, if you know anything about Tony Khan and the way he does with music, like he bought the rights to Tarzan Boy, so Jungle Boy could use that song, and he like literally renamed the song for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't be surprised. I I don't think CM Punk will be a regular. I think he'll come back for All In because it's Chicago, but. I don't want. I don't even want to talk about AEW right now. I, I want to talk about MLW, and I also want to say that it was great to see Joseph Samael getting back in the ring. Uh, Joseph Samael obviously wrestled as the Almighty Sheik. He was an NWA champion, fantastic wrestler. I'm not sure if he listens to the program, but if you do, Joseph would love to have you on. Uh, we're mutual fans of the same band, Clutch. I'm a huge Clutch fan. Uh, I know Joseph is too. So seeing him get back in the ring, the the, the curled up shoes. The spike, the, the spike, the spike. It was fantastic. I, that was I, honestly that was one of my high points about right. Was just seeing Joseph Samuel come in and actually get in the ring and do some work was was great. I really enjoyed that. One thing we forgot to mention, but uh, I, what I liked is that when Hammer and uh, Kruger were going at it, Hammer actually got the spike. Got the Kruger spike dropped, when Kruger dropped it. So Kruger actually stabbed him in the foot, and he stabbed him in the foot. And Kruger, the fuck, sold it like a champ, man. He screamed like a newborn baby. And it was awesome to see. And that's what actually gave Hammer the upper hand to eventually eliminate Kruger and end that storyline. So that's the great thing about uh, the Mad Genius Corp power. Because when things are designed, again, you think one way. You think, okay, I think this is where he's going. And then he, he throws that curveball. And you're like, huh, why did he do that? And you get a little frustrated as a fan because you're like, that's not what I, that's not what I, what I see. Expected. But yeah, exactly. But then he, he goes back on track. He goes a little bit left, a little bit right. But he gets you to where you know it's going to end. And then when he does... Just for argument's sake, he kills two birds, one stone. So we got the Kruger storyline finished. The Hammer storyline trying to get to Fatu is finished. 
Now we just need to wait. Now it's there. It's official. There's no way that Joseph Samael, well, I'm sure they're going to try to figure something out, but there's no way that Joseph Samael could take away this title shot from Hammer. And that's the great thing about Battle Riot. It's very much similar to Money in the Bank. A title shot anytime, anywhere. If on a fusion, Hammer feels like, fuck it. This is the time after Jacob Fatou's had a grueling match and he wants to go at it. Yep, I'm cashing in my Battle Riot title shot. Let's fucking dance. And that's the great part about this option it's not and, and the fact is this is my this is only the third battle riot but the potential is endless and every battle Amazing. riot has been entertaining as fuck it's been great to watch and again the highlight of the match for me obviously hammer winning but another another bright spot for me uh the shopping cart full of weapons that's just genius hey guys let's stop at target pick up some shit for our show tonight I we mentioned the it. nunchucks ah, yeah. i think it was quang right no, it was the American, uh, that ninja, the ninja dude. Oh, okay. So he fucking came in and just laid everyone out with the nunchucks. I was dying. Like, I thought that was hilarious because it was like hitting everybody. I don't and know. I loved cool it. What we forgot to talk about is when Myra Reed was attempting to be eliminated at one point, uh, Jordan Oliver was on the outside, but he hadn't also been eliminated. He catches Myra Reed on his shoulder and then carries him around the ring. Which was great. It was great. Such innovation. I love that kind of stuff. You know what? Uh, just seeing the fans and how they reacted and seeing the wrestlers and how they reacted. Like when Injustice came out, the spot they got, Jordan Oliver was all smiles. And it's great to see. And you know what? I, I used to shit all over Jordan Oliver. To be like, you know what? He doesn't impress me. But And then I remembered, like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're 38, not doing dude. what he's doing. And he's only in his 20s. So the sky is At one point yesterday. Members. At one point, legitimately, Jordan Oliver was on two screens because he was wrestling in GCW and I had him. He was on the screen for Battle Riot. I was like, I was like, well, this is fucking wild. Like, talk about I, I first saw Jordan Oliver. I saw him a couple years ago at C4 in Ottawa. Uh, I saw him wrestle somebody. I don't even recall who it was. Uh, but I, th I thought to myself, like, this guy looks young. Like, he really looks young. And then I found out he's like 21 at the time. I was like, holy shit. So at the time I thought, okay, he's not, he's not amazing, but he's not bad. Like he's not like the worst. Re he's not like terrible wrestler. I thought, but he's young. He's got ways to go. But looking at him now, like leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. That guy, he is already good and he's going to be great someday. So shout out to Jordan Oliver, man. Like in fact, you, I was seeing you on two screens and you're 23 years old, 22 years old. It's fucking amazing. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, again, the sky's the limit and a great premiere for MLW. Very successful. Uh, tying up loose ends from the season finale or uh, yeah, season finale. And also laying the seeds for the new exactly. season, planting those seeds. So this, I mean, we haven't graded it in a long time, but fuck it. I'm going to say a plus plus. Oh yeah. This was a a plus plus for me. This was something I would, this is the kind of show I would go back to watch again. And I, I don't do that with a ton of wrestling events. I'll watch certain matches over again, but the whole event, I would watch this start to finish over again. It was that good. So if you have not seen it, please go out of your way to watch it. I promise you will not be disappointed. It's the best. It's the best 87 minutes you'll see on TV. It's got the MLW Rewind seal of approval. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need. So shout It's out worth rewinding. Shout out to Core Power, shout out to the roster, shout out to the new additions. Shout out to, and you know what the great thing about it was? Is that everybody just seemed happy to have fans back in the building. And that was the best part. And you know what? Um, I thought this wasn't going to be an A++++ for you. 
I thought it was going to be like an A only because of the unfortunate thing that happened to Richard Holiday and he lost the title. I really well, thought your grade was going to be a little lower. I did. Title or not, Richard is the face of MLW, let's be honest. So, you know, he'll, he'll recover from this. He'll be fine. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lawsuit. He's, he's, I, I've seen him debuting a new move. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to call it. I, I, my vote is motion for dismissal. But, uh, you know, they're, it, it, it's like a rack into, into a kind of like cutter uh, slam. So it, it you know, motion for dismissal. I threw, I threw out a name too, but I don't know Would if you, I could or not. I, I, actually, th- I tried to think of a coffee name to be clever. So I, 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 I called it, I called it dark roast. So the other thing I was thinking was like the rarefied rack, but no. it, it seems too obvious. Richard yeah. is a man of intellect and wit like, and it, it just seems too obvious. I like mission for, I like motion for dismissal. I do like that, but I was trying to think, I know you went with the lawyer side. I'm like, when I saw your comment, I'm like, fuck, okay. He took the lawyer. You go with the coffee side. The so I'm like, fuck, okay, coffee side. So I'm sitting there. I was like, I was like, uh, I was like the overpriced, overpriced admission, like something like that. Cause a lot of great coffee houses, they're very, very expensive. So I was like, damn, like, fuck. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go simple. Everybody's got a good dark roast these days. Fuck it. Dark roast. It's like, you know, I'm going to knock the shit out of you and roast you at the same time. That's what I kind okay, of, that I was my that. play on. That was my play. But uh, yeah, he seemed to scroll right past my comment. So ah, whatever. That's okay. Richard's a busy man, George. He doesn't have time to waste with peons like us. Well, he liked your comment. Well, that's because. Ah, oh, shut up. My comments Whatever. Are... That's because you pandered. Because I pandered. I just respected. It's not pandering. Just stating the stating the, the, the obvious. obvious. It's not yes, pandering. Okay. All right. Stand the I pander to like your wife. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for this one. I think the rewind is finito for today. Um, we will be back. Uh, when MLW schedule is regular. I haven't heard about what's going on next week. I haven't heard a, a time slot yet. I know it's going to be there next week. I just don't know the time slot. I don't know if it's going to be Saturdays or if they're going to switch up the day in the week. I haven't heard any of that information yet. So we're going to keep bringing the rewind as often as we can. May not be Sundays, might be dropped during the week. Who knows? But we're going to be there every week, bringing you the best rewinds that we can. And uh, as always, thank you so much. I am your host, your boy, George Bakai, and my podcast life partner. I am Uncle Bobby B, baby. <laughs> All right, you guys know the socials, but just in case you don't, Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, on Facebook. MLW Rewind is exclusive on the Straight Talk Wrestling YouTube page. And on Twitter, I am at underscore Straight Talk. And Uncle Bobby B has Instagram. And finally, finally got his ass off his couch and got him a Twitter. So shout those yeah, out. Yeah, apparently I have Twitter. Uh, Instagram's Twitter. the real it. Uncle Bobby B. So you're going to let me talk. The real Uncle Bobby B on Instagram and Twitter is... Uh, I think it's like uncle underscore Bobby underscore B underscore. Yes, that's it. That is it. I forget. Okay, good. I got to start using Twitter. But yeah, thank you for joining us. We will keep bringing you the best in MLW each and every week, whenever possible. Uh, Stay safe. Stay happy. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, we'll be with you again soon. All right, guys. As always, peace, love, and resting. See you next time on The Rewind. Peace. Peace.